Hello and welcome to the next episode of Devil in the Detail. We've got a lot to discuss. That awful performance against Liverpool and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Do we want him gone? Do we not? We've got uh, our opinions on him not being sacked. Do we think it's the right decision? The fans that left the stadium early at half-time. Um, the potential candidates to replace um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as well. So let's get into the match. Obviously, what <laughs> what are your thoughts on that uh, that five 0 defeat against Liverpool? Do you think it was a good performance or? or nah, not I was going to say it wasn't actually that bad. We created some chances. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it was absolutely shocking, and it feel. I was thinking about this on a walk before I started recording this with you. It like the loss against Leicester, young boys and stuff. You get over it after a day. Like I usually sleep on it. I'm all right. Yeah. This still is is pissing pissing me off as much two days later on a Tuesday night as it was on Sunday on the train home. Um but yeah, it, it was shocking. It was just it was a manner of the defeat, which is what gets said a lot before a manager goes. It was toothless. Mm-hmm. None of the players looked like they gave a shit, which is I think a reason for the fans leaving early. Like if we were three 0 down at half time, say, and we created chances and we looked like we cared, then fans probably would have stayed. But my point of view is if the players are showing you no respect on the pitch and aren't giving anything, not even 100%, not even 10% for the club, then why do you owe them your support? Yeah. But in terms of the game, I mean, for some reason it's come out that Solskjaer decided we should counter-press Liverpool and press the best pressing team in the world, in the best form they've been in in years, um, with the best player in the world up front for them. And he didn't actually do a training session on it. He just told them to press. And we wonder why they were so disjointed, yeah. why Greenwood wouldn't press, Wan-Bissaka would press, why there were so many holes in behind, why for that second goal, Maguire and Shaw both went for the same ball and left Cater on the wing just completely unmarked, or mm-hmm. Trent or whoever it was. I don't even know. They all got so many assistant goals. I couldn't even tell you scored anymore. But yeah, it just absolutely shocking. The game plan was wrong from the minute from the minute go. We created one chance at the start with Bruno, and if that went in, it might have been a different game. But on the balance of it, it was just awful. And the worst part of it is Liverpool didn't even have to get out of second or third gear on Sunday night. They literally rolled up, like we said in the previous podcast, I think. Any decent team or good team rolls up with a game plan, they will beat United at the minute. Mm -hmm. And with a team like Liverpool, or some of the best finishers in the world, some of the best playmakers in the world, and have such a clear and concise plan, it was always going to happen. We knew it was. Paul Scholes said it. If you go and play against like this against Liverpool, you'll be 4-0 down by half-time and people laughed at him and thought it wasn't that bad. Spot the fact of the matter is we might have only given two chances away against Atalanta, but Atalanta aren't half the team Liverpool are. So for him to go with the same eleven to start that was 2-0 down at half-time against Atalanta at home just baffles me. You could clearly see that when we made the changes and went a bit more attacking, Sancho came on, Greenwood went off, Cavani came on. There was way much, way much, there was loads more happening. And it, it just everything, like we could literally talk about this game for six hours, I think, just from top to bottom of how, just how piss poor it was. But yeah, shocking. Greenwood shouldn't be a winger. Greenwood should not play on the wing. He's a number nine, it's clear as day. He doesn't want to press, he doesn't create. Ronaldo, I actually thought, was probably our best outfield player for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. He actually tried, was making runs. Booty Curtis Jones and the bollocks, which I kind of like. That was probably the best thing from the game. Could have been um, better though. Yeah, I know. But, but <laughs> yeah, it just everyone. Rashford was like played a back pass for 40 yards that put Salah for on goal and was snapping people. It was just a, a complete mess that just smacks of a manager who's coming to the end of his reign at a club. When the players are just like against Atalanta, we thought 
okay, they've come back from three two down from two 0 down. Maybe they're still playing for him, but it's just clear as day they weren't playing for him yesterday on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And all the stuff that's come out after the game about players wanting to leave, um, players not happy with coaching sessions. Um, Ollie asking them in the dressing room after the game, what's the problem? And some of them said, you, you know, questions over the team selection, why Bayi didn't play over Maguire, why Matic has been used so sparingly, why players who've been in good form like Lingard, who've won his points, aren't getting a look in. Mm-hmm. Just from head to toe, when stuff like that starts coming out, you just know it's coming to the end. And I'm not going to get into the Solskjaer bit and about him needing to go and all the reasons for it just yet, because that's what we'll do later. But yeah, um, a bit of a bit of a mess, but those are my thoughts on the game. Yeah, uh, so I'll try because I echo literally everything that you've said, but I'll try and touch <laughs> on points that you that that you haven't mentioned or, or try and add to what you said. So mm-hmm. the substitutions when we were well in Ollie in his own interview, he says after the the interview asked, okay, when did you think it was it was done for the game? And he says, yeah, yeah. it's damage limitation after the fourth goal. So, yeah. but that's not reflected in what he actually did. Yeah, when, how funny is that? Do Damage you, limitation yeah. was conceded after four minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Damage limitation with Keith and see, and we brought on Paul Pogba. Is Paul Pogba a damage limitation player? When he's you not going to control the game, is he? Exactly. Paul Pogba is the worst player for me to bring on when you're trying to when you're trying to do yeah the whole reason he didn't start is because we couldn't control the midfield with him in it exactly so yeah. why then putting him on is it i get that he took greenwood off i think i don't know i wasn't there to see mm-hmm. it i'd left by this point which we'll get into <laughs> but like why why you would have brought matic on surely yeah or maybe even someone yeah. like matter yeah, or even maybe like a matter or someone like that to dictate the play a bit and slow it down like yeah. carrick would have done years ago yeah not Pogba, but yeah, carry on with the, the rest exactly. of it. Exactly. And, you know, and to touch on Pogba's contribution to the match, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he came on, he lost the ball for the uh, for the fifth goal and then yeah. t- two-footed somebody to Navigator. get sent off, yeah. uh, which it was a red card, 100%. As soon as I saw it in real time, I thought it was a red. Slowed down, That's I thought it was a red. So, yeah. 100%. Um, okay. So, yeah, absolutely awful performance again you you said about the the, the counter press which the the way we play we played like a team that that was the, the first time that we tried it we we, we played mm. like it i mean that should have been done obviously in training we should have been making that mistakes in training not in a in a match against liverpool um yeah wambasaka i mean the the first goal pretty much summed up the entire match for me wambasaka just yeah. going to press some like Greenwood's literally standing next to him, and he just didn't mm. need to press in that area. The whole team shuffles across, and you've got the entire defense, other than Luke Shaw, that is uh that is on the right about hand ten side yards up, as yeah. well, and about ten yards higher. Yeah, yeah. Just, just just a quick point on that before I forget it as well. Like, fair enough, he tried this pressing thing, which is ridiculous anyway because he didn't train on it. We tried. Mm. I've said it all already. Yeah. But after the first goal goes in, after five minutes, you should be thinking. Well, this isn't working. And then the second goal goes in after ten. You think, yeah, this isn't working. And then the yeah. third one goes in. You think, fuck me, this is really the wrong game plan. So why, when it got to the point where we conceded three goals in about twenty minutes, didn't you just think, you know what, I might bring Matic on for a winger or something or someone, yeah. or just change the system, yeah. call them over and just let put a message across. Right, we're going to sit back. We're going to play on the break like we usually do. And it's not like the players wouldn't know how to do that because that's how we played in every big game in the last three years. So why did you not? Why did he persist with it when it yeah. clearly wasn't working? 
And then know. even after the even after half time when we were four 0 down, he still didn't change. Yeah, I f- and I f- only I feel I like say- he thinks he feels like he has to due to the players that we've signed. That's what yeah, he feels that's like. Fair. He does. Yeah. But he doesn't do isn't doing it right, is he? Yeah. But I, th- I like, think you can have a counter-attacking style and still have amazing players. I don't think you, you need to necessarily yeah. be pressing hard at the pitch. I think you is that well, those look, players are still going to allow you to, to win things. You don't have to be like, I mean United style under Sir Alex, a lot of the games were we were unbelievable on the counter-attack and we Yeah, uh, so many goals came from that. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um we yeah, I mean it's it, it is crazy. There's other way to to win games. I don't. He feels like he is obliged to to press high at the pitch. I don't think he, he needed to. Certainly yeah. not in that game, as you say. And to be honest, that the Paul Pogba sending off that was the best damage limitation that it could yeah, be. Yeah, because after that, it just they sat back. Exactly. Yeah. They they just controlled possession. I, wor- I honestly with eleven men on the pitch, I think that could have been six, seven, eight. Yeah, um, same, same. But as soon as that Paul Popper got sent off, they just passed it around. It was like it was like just you know a training ground exercise. It was like that we weren't there. Um, yeah, but I was yeah. going to say pressing, pressing as well. When you look at like say Liverpool, right? They've got Van Dijk and Canate, two extremely quick centre backs. We're pressing, playing a high press with the likes of Salah, Jota, Firmino, even Mane if he came on with Harry Maguire and Victor Lindelof. Yeah. Maguire is like a truck. Lindelof isn't much quicker. Mm-hmm. They're shocking on the half turn. Who's covering if you get caught out on the on on the press? Yeah. Why would you press with such a shit immobile back four? Yeah, just wait for Varane to come back if you want to try. Yeah, that against and he could cover or even play or play Bailly, play Bailly like I said. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm the oracle, but play Bailly instead of Lindelof, mm-hmm. and then at least if Maguire gets caught out like he did for the first goal, Bailly would have been able to possibly chase back and cut off one of those passing lanes. Oh, that third goal when Salah got the tap in off the cross. Maguire and Shaw, when he ran into each other, was so slow on that half turn to get back and mark Salah because the slow player. Shaw isn't the quickest for a fullback either. Mm, like if you yeah. would have had a pacey player, I, I, I don't know, man. It's just it's all shit. And the worst thing about it is us here as football fans and even casual football fans who watch one game a week can sit there and say, see what's wrong. Like yeah. I listened to the football ramble and um, one of the hosts on there was saying. He watched the game with some fam- family and friends and most of them don't even watch football. And after five minutes, everyone knew what they were doing wrong and said, why are they doing that? It's ridiculous. Why are they playing yeah. this way? So if it's to a football, fa- a, ga- a person, whatever, that doesn't even watch football, why hasn't it changed? And that's the thing with Ollie, isn't it? That it's not that through lack of trying and stuff, it's like he just doesn't listen and doesn't see what every other person sees and yeah. the players see on the pitch. And that's the most frustrating thing because if he tried to change it, then it might work, but he hasn't. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so, I mean, speaking of Oli, and let's focus yeah. more specifically on him and the the team that that surrounds him that helps him. So, <coughs> what is are your thoughts on Oli right now? I think you were already Oli out last after the last. Yeah, game, I saw right? it. I saw it coming, mate. I saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. Now I was sat in the stands before the game, saying to the guys next to me, "It's either going to be one all or five six nil." Yeah, and you could just tell. We're either going to dig in deep and put a really good shift in or we're just going to get battered like we did against Leicester. Um, Thoughts on Oli, he has to go. He's just tactically inept. Um, I don't get what he does because you could say Zidane's not the best manager tactically, but he can manage his big personalities like Ronaldo, Varane, whoever else was at Real Madrid at that time, Hazard, Bale, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But Ollie can't. He cannot manage these big personalities. Like, you just know that Ollie isn't the loudest voice and the most listened to person in the dressing room. Ronaldo, Bruno, players like that will have more of an impact on the players than he will. Yeah. So he can't manage a big personality. So he can't even be a great man manager like Ferguson was. And by the way, people that say Ferguson was just a good man manager and didn't know anything tactically are fucking stupid, which I've seen a lot recently. Yeah. So he can't do that. And then the other part of being a football manager is coaching. And he can't do that. So what is the point? What does he actually do? And then you've got his assistant, Mike Phelan, who doesn't coach, who isn't a tactical football man. Like with Ferguson... Obviously, he's not the greatest tactical coach ever, but he got people in like Carlos Quiros and coaches like that to help him when it wasn't going right around the early 2000s. Yeah. Why hasn't Oli requested something like that? Or why hasn't the club gone to him and said, you need somebody who knows how to set up a football team? So we've got Oli who doesn't coach, Mike Feeling doesn't coach, um, Kieran McKenna, who might be a good young coach, but has no, has nothing about him, apparently. The... Um, you know, the players don't listen to him. They think he's more of like a school teacher who should be teaching an academy team. Mm. Um, so as good as he might be a decent coach, he's obviously not ready for this level quite yet. And I mean, the fact that the bloke's like 30 and a couple of few years older than us in coaching the biggest players <laughs> in the world says it all. Yeah. Michael Carrick, I love him as a player. Um, but from what's come out over the past week or so, he's more listened to than Kieran McKenna because he's a bit of an icon at the club and people have played with him, etc. But apparently he isn't great tactically either. And then after that, you've only got like the specialised coaches, like the goalkeeping coaches and whatever, yeah. which every club has. Mm-hmm. So you've got four, the four highest paid members of the coaching staff who have no experience at this level. And then you go deeper into Ed Woodward, who hopefully might be leaving soon. I've seen rumours that apparently he isn't yet, which is just mental. It's um, crazy that it just goes to show that when after the protests and stuff and when it was announced that Ed Woodward would no longer be be part of the team how long is it i thought he was leaving it uh well i thought he was leaving it leave i think he's meant right yeah but yeah. i've seen rumors that he might stay until the end of next season oh, to help oh, with right. whatever's going on in the teething oh, period right. with the new ceo so yeah we've got ed woodward who's an investment banker yeah who's never worked in a football he's worked in a football club for eight years and he still doesn't know what he's doing mm-hmm. we've got matt judge who's i think handles transfers and stuff who's yeah. another investment banker who doesn't know what he's doing and never worked in a football club before? And we've talked, we've, got... we've seen about Matt Judge in terms of um, was it uh, was it Evera that says that somebody contacted Evera, football agent contacted Evera to contact to get hold Matt of Judge him. because yeah. he didn't have his phone on when they're responding. trying to make a transfer. I mean, <coughs> yeah, how crazy mental. is that? Mental. And then we've got Richard Arnold, who's just the one below Woodward, who's been here like two minutes, who's meant to be Woodward's replacement, who hasn't worked at a football club before. And is another investment banker. And guess what? What do you know? What the debt, the, the the link is debt between them three I've just mentioned. They're all the Glazers' mates. No, they all went to uni together at the same time. Oh the same my course. god! Really? I didn't know that. I only found that out today. And you wonder why they've because Woodward obviously has appointed these two because he's the head honcho. So yeah. he's just getting his mates in. Yeah. And what does what's Holly done? He's got his mates in that he's played with him. Probably his favourite coach in Mike Phelan when he was there under Ferguson. Oh. And we wonder why stuff isn't happening. So we've got the coaching structure, which is absolutely dog shit. That, like Brighton and Newcastle will have better coaches than us, guaranteed. Yeah. Um, and then we've got three men running the biggest football club in England, debatably the world, who have no experience of running the football club. And we wonder why the football we play shit. The signings don't work. Um, we don't sack managers quick enough. We don't appoint the right managers. Because every decision that is made from the top of that club to the very bottom, from the top of the club on who's the manager to the bottom of what training session they're doing today is completely made by the wrong people. 
and we wonder why we're in this situation again. And with the with the protests and stuff, like Liverpool and Chelsea fans and City fans take the piss because they say, "Oh, United won five games; they're not protesting now." But they are right. Yeah. I didn't go with that first one because I was away and I couldn't, but I would have gone. But that besides the point. As soon as we started winning again and we saw that Woodward had resigned, that was it. It was finished. We're yeah, not bothered well, it's anymore. transfers, but even before we played yeah. the game, wasn't it? But the, the issue has always been it isn't just the transfers. Mm. Like, because they know what they're doing, man. They go and spend money on Ronaldo, and even the most diehard Glazers out, Gammon United fans, will still look at that with rose tinted glasses and it will soften it a bit for them. Yeah. So they know exactly what they're doing. I mean, yesterday, they were meant to be, they should have been sacking the manager in, in Manchester for talks. And you're in fucking Dubai by trying to buy an Indian cricket team. Yeah, I was like, like I, I, I don't want to be stereotypical or, or kind of generalize Americans, but there's one thing that America, like Americans, don't know about more than football, and that's cricket. Cricket, yeah, it's so it's weird. Like, well, the, only, the only reason they're doing it is because there's money to be made. Maybe yeah. be made. That's the only reason they bought us, and that's the only reason to buy them. They know nothing about the sport. They'll probably run that cricket team into the ground, but they'll be able to pull money out of it every year. And it baffles me that they didn't actually get one of these clubs. They were outbid, which is funny. Mm -hmm. But they both went for £600 million each. So they've got that money to spend, but Man United are selling £400 million worth of debt. Yeah. Yeah, it's It doesn't make sense. Um, Yeah, that was a bit of a... More of a rant about absolutely everything at the club from top to bottom. But I think it was needed because it's just fucked, man. And even if we got content, it wouldn't fix it because yeah. the same issues will arise in three years again. Yeah, I think no, I think that's an important point that you made that it goes higher up than you know if we get a new manager in, or oh, everything's fine and dandy. It's not, and it, it mm. hasn't been. We've tried numerous different managers of um, successful managers, proven success. Now we've tried a manager that's you know part of the United DNA. I can't, I hate that word, but. Uh, yeah (laughs) it's such Uh, a stupid concept as well it's bollocks yeah exactly (laughs) and um and we've tried that and it hasn't worked so it it, it is it is further up than just the manager that that is the issue and you've you've laid out the structure of the club the lack of experience and that's yeah it's a perfect summary yeah so i'm going to take you on a journey of kind of how i felt at the uh the very start of the season and which was which was it was good. Ollie's been improving year upon year at the start of the season. I was, I was happy. We'd assembled a, a a great squad, and it was make or break season at the start. Then we went on like a poor run at the start, and I thought, okay, you know, Ollie can he can still turn it around. We are in. We we, we actually had a a decent amount of points. We were there or thereabouts. We were in the uh, the 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 top four. Um, but it was kind of a false position because we had an easier run of fixtures. Um, but heading into this really difficult period that, that started with the Leicester game and then it literally continues up until up until December, I was like, things need to turn around, the performances need to improve and we need to put lots of you know more points on the board, um, which will be difficult considering the fixture run that we do have. Um, but I'll give him this 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 time to turn it around because I think he has earned it from what he's achieved and the progression that we have made in previous seasons. Um, but obviously, the very first fixture in that difficult run was Leicester, and we got beat against uh, against Leicester. And my <coughs> my stance kind of changed a little bit then, and it was right. I'm going to do him like give him like a two game basis, like. Um, 
uh, the Atlanta uh, Atalanta and the the Liverpool game. I'll, I'll give him, um, and you see what happens there, and kind of reassess it on a two game basis against Atalanta. Great, great in the moment, you know. Yeah, come, great night. Come yeah. back, yeah, great night. But kind of looking back at it, once everything's died down, once the emotions died down, we we were lucky, and we shouldn't have been. That should have been a five or six one game. Right, to be honest, with the amount of chances mm. we created, yeah, but it wasn't, um, and so we did get lucky. And then after the Liverpool game, it's it's untenable. You cannot, you you you, you cannot. I mean, even if you're having a great season, it's still going to massively put the manager under pressure, just because just for the nature of the defeat, the manner of it, yeah. yeah. Never mind having a poor poor run one point from 12 in the premier league it's it's it, yeah literally untenable he 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 has to go but there's there's a couple of points i wanted it's to touch on. To <laughs> there's a couple of points i wanted to um touch on in terms of a lot of people saying that they want him to walk right that is never gonna happen yeah because if he really loved the club he'd walk because gattuso did that for milan yeah i've seen that a lot yeah, very shit very rarely happens and the reasons why are one it's an admission that you could not turn it around and he might even think that in his heart of heart he might think i you know i can't do it but he's not going to admit that because future management jobs that he wants he's they're going to have have that against him i mean it it it, he can go into (laughs) uh he can go into an interview now for his next job whatever, if he does get sacked, I imagine he will be eventually. Um, but he'll go into his next job and say, yeah, I could have turned it around. But if he leaves, if he quits, that's, yeah, that's him saying. admitting that he can't do it. He uh, And also, obviously, the, the compensation package, if you walk, you don't get the, you're not getting bought out of your contract. Yeah, which, and he's got three years left as well, exactly. which is going to be a shitload of money. And these, these but, managers, I mean, I don't think... Ollie's, you know, in his uh, in his Gucci at home and stuff like that. But I, they do live a, <laughs> they do live a, a expensive lives. They got big expensive houses. I mean, to find the time between finding jobs, you know, you, you want yeah. that compensation, you want that financial security in between finding jobs, don't you? Especially when you factor in the point that he's probably never going to get paid anywhere near that amount again in management, unless he has a massive fucking comeback. Yeah, which is never going to happen. Yeah, exactly. um, maybe resign. I don't know because the, the one thing have you ever played football manager? I've I've, I've tried, but I, you I, I prefer FIFA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you resign, you save face a bit on football manager, and your reputation isn't impacted as much. Okay. So maybe you think maybe you will think that in the end, which yeah. it doesn't make any sense. But when you play football manager, you're not getting any, you're not getting any compensation. But they you might as well resign before <laughs> yeah. you sacked anyway. But yeah, there's literally no positive for him to him resigning imagine how depressing that would be yeah like you like like you said admitting defeat that you're not good enough and you miss out on your 20 odd million quid you'll get if you're sacked as well and do you know what that's probably plays into the fact that he hasn't been sacked yet that the glazers will have to sack it have to pay that because i think he's got has he got until the end of 2024 so three and a half years yeah. and i think he's in about seven and a half million a year so it'll be over 20 million quid yeah i mean it was only what two weeks ago that one of the management these Mickey Phelan got three yeah, years. Yeah, Mickey Phelan. Yeah, um, which Carrick <laughs> and McKenna haven't though, which is weird. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's less. I mean, I don't want them to, but why would? You... Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know. you'd think that you know the part part of the team. Um, 
Especially the coaches that have been there before, Ollie as well. They've been there longer, you'd think, but yeah. I don't know. But I do, I, I can't echo what you're saying about if a, a new manager comes in, I want a complete fresh start. Like yeah, we think of, definitely. we think of, I think people think of Ollie and Mickey Phelan coming in. And I think people think, you know, Carrick came in as well. And I think people think that McKenna came into that team as well. And I, I don't think people, uh, realized that actually McKenna and Carrick got promoted after uh, Jose Mourinho got second and his uh, his assistant manager that just goes everywhere with him in uh, uh, Rui uh, Furrier he he quit after that season well no, was what was Carrick though sorry what was Carrick then if you said he was promoted um what did he do before well, that? I don't know I don't know if Carrick was promoted or or whether he yeah, just I don't really in. know. Yeah. yeah. Um but really yeah, know. McKenna was working for the under 18s. He was there he was there yeah, yeah. coach. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they've had even more time than Ollie. I just want I just want a complete fresh start. And I think that would happen. I don't think I don't think Conte would want to keep uh that that management team uh, with No, him. no way. No. no way. The only one maybe is McKenna because he's a promising young coach apart yeah. from that. Yeah, and plus, yeah. plus we have got experienced players that have been at that club for a long time now that are barely playing football. Like you know, Matter, for example, mm. he'll be able to help the new coach come in, settle in, show him around. You know, all that kind, yeah. all that kind of stuff, and even form part of the the coaching. Like be like a, I say, play a coach. He doesn't, he's not going to play like any games. Um, but yeah, Matish as well. So I think, yeah, I'd like to see a, just a, a complete fresh start. Just get rid of the whole team. Um, McKenna, Carrick, um, Mickey Phelan, Ollie. Just get rid I'd of get the rid of Fer- Get Ferguson gone as well, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, Alex Not, Ferguson. Yeah, I love him, but why is he still making decisions at the club? Yeah. We need to, like, this is a point about we'll probably make later when we get on to Conte or whatever else. But why is it such a, a romantic thing that you have to have a coach for 20 years still? It doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Chelsea sack their manager every two or three years once it stops going wrong, starts going wrong. And they've won the most trophies in England over the past 10, 15 years yeah. by a mile. City won the Premier League under Mancini. Next season it went wrong. See you later. Got Pe- you know, got Pellegrini in. He won them a league. Then he's gone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know so, what you're saying. The only exception kind of is Liverpool because Klopp's been there six or seven years now. But he had, like, I, I know they want to take a manager on for the project and, you know, that in 10 years, the club's DNA will be whatever they want it to be and they'll be singing from the same hymn sheet. But it doesn't work. What if it doesn't work? Like, nine out of 10 managers clubs get are going to fail. Not every manager's going to succeed. Yeah. So why, did, why go with this idea that we need to give a manager three years for him to do what he wants and, you know... Change a club from top to bottom, change the DNA of the club. If it's not going to work, because what is the point? I know Ollie's kind of is improved as a bit, but why again go for that? The same thing of trying to get maybe a young, fresh coach in who's got great ideas and wants to play great football. Because in a year, if it doesn't work, say we've got Contian or we've got Ten Hag in, Ten Hag plays better football, more long term, and whatever suits the club more. But if they're both in sixth after a year, they're both getting sacked. So what difference does it make? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I mean, I think United like to think <coughs> they're different, right? It's certainly, Yeah, because we're of not one now. manager. One yeah. manager in the whole 200 years of the club. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 
stupid. But 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 that's it. United, it, they kind of built themselves around. Like I mean, we we gave well, <coughs> we didn't give David Moyes a, a, that much time. We, we've kind of proven no, that, that we are the no same sense. as everyone else right now. Like we've proven yeah. it. Like since Alex Ferguson, we've uh, we've gone we've gone through plenty enough managers to to show you that we are the same as everyone else. I don't think we've been as bad though, because if you look at Van Gaal, we'll look at Mourinho. First season became sixth in the Europa League. That just about saved him his job. Mm-hmm. And then we think we came second. And then for a long time in that season before he got set, we were languishing. Yeah. With Van Gaal, it didn't really click other than getting top. But it's literally, to be fair, it just comes down to top four. If Moyes would have got top four in that season, he would have stayed. And that shouldn't be a factor of whether they stay or not, really. Yeah, yeah. Because it should be a factor of how the club feels, how everything's progressing, where you're going as a team. Mm -hmm. A bit like Arsenal and Arteta. And I don't think Arteta's going to win Arsenal the treble by any means. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, I I don't think we're as bad as other clubs because we tend to give them a bit more time than the likes of Chelsea. Because, I mean, if Van Gaal was at Chelsea, he would have been sacked after six months. Same with Mourinho. If Mourinho came into Chelsea again and they were sixth, like the, the, we gambled the whole season on Mourinho win that Europa League. Mm-hmm. What if, if we didn't win that, he would have been sacked after a season. Yeah. And, and so. how do you think now? Uh, I'm going to ask ask a question to you. How do you think yeah. if Oli does go today? How do you think the squad and the position that the club is in compares <coughs> to, say, when Jose Mourinho was sacked? Oh, it's way better, just purely because. I think the main factor in it is that the players like Oli and they hated Mourinho. Like, they don't like Oli's methods and his style of playing training, but they like him as a person. Whereas Mourinho, they hated everything. Same with Angal, I think, by the end of it as well. Yeah. Maybe not quite as bad, but certainly it wasn't as good as this is. Yeah. But, yeah, it, he's left. The, he's going to leave the club in a better state than when he found it, which is a good thing. Like, like, we, said, like we said last week and probably the week before, because I've been Oli out for a little bit now, He's come in, he's changed the mentality of the club. The players are happier. Um, we've got a much better squad because of it, because we've been able to get players like Varane and such in. We wouldn't have got Varane, Sancho and Ronaldo if we were finishing sixth like we were under Mourinho and Van Gaal. So that's, you know, it is, he has progressed the club more than any manager has since Ferguson left. Yeah. Um, so I'm thankful to him for that. And like everyone's saying, it's time to shake hands, say goodbye before it gets really, really bad. Because, you know... It can go much. It can be much worse than it was on Sunday. There wasn't that many boos. Wasn't players chanting Oli out and stuff like that. Like they kind of were Mourinho and whistling and chanting attack, attack, attack. If this carries on and we lose to Spurs and we play City at home in a week and he's still the manager, it will get to that point. It will. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't want to see. It. I don't want to see that happen to a, a guy that has given United fans their best ever memories and a player that we all love and care about. Like it sounds a bit weird because we don't know him, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't want to see that happen to him. Not on a selfish level, purely because I, I like him like everyone else does. And I just don't want to see him be dragged through the mud and get this abuse kind of similar to what Steve Bruce has got. And he will get abuse like that if it carries on. And it's not fair on him. It's not fair on the fans of the club. It's not fair on the players. It's not fair on anyone. So why just delay the inevitable and let it turn so sour that then the players hate Ollie and they might want to leave the club? Why just... Like, I mean, the fact alone they've said he's got the Tottenham Atalanta and City game to turn it round. He's going to get sacked. He is just going to get sacked before the end of the season, guaranteed 100%. Yeah. So why delay it? Why delay the inevitable? Why let the season teeter off and us get further and further away from a top four title or title challenge 
potentially go out of the Champions League and drop into the Europa League again for the second season in a row when he could just get a new manager in and then give him more time until the next season comes around to learn his players and get a style of play and know what he wants to do. I just don't see the point in it. And that's why everyone's frustrated. It's not because we hate Oli. It's just because it makes no it makes no sense. Like who's making these well, we know who's making these decisions, but why? What what is the actual point? Because it's not you know, you cut it's not gonna get us anywhere. It's not gonna like you said, show that we're not a club that sacks people easily like Chelsea. Because there's multiple times when Oli would have been sacked by with every other club in that top four. Yeah. And it is free. Multiple you probably count them on two hands. There's probably loads. Um so I don't get why they're doing it other than a money decision, which makes no sense because if you sack him in three weeks, it's not going to be much different than how much you're paying him off. It's going to be like, what, yeah, what, I mean, those, That 20 quid, though, <laughs> every little help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, so, Raft. yeah, I mean, I, I agree <coughs> with that. Um, like, from a personal standpoint, as you said, right now, if Oli leaves, I can look at his tenure in a positive light because yeah, he's exactly. improved the team. We've got a much better better team there's a much better feeling okay right now in this very moment in time there might be a, a poor feeling around the club but the way he's kind of progressed it and I, I think back to when Jose Marino was in was uh was were leaving literally the the toxicity the the build-up of toxic the toxicity starting from the pre-season yeah. in his interviews that just built yeah. up and built up um and like you saw the training ground like the players, he clearly lost the dressing in that training ground thing with with Pogba. Pogba, where that was probably six him. months before he left. Exactly. That was all because he posted an Instagram story and it wasn't even. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, it was. Because yeah, he posted it one laughing and it looked like he was at the game, but in reality, he posted it like hours earlier and it yeah. just got delayed because he had no signal. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the players that <coughs> the players like Ollie, <clears throat> and I think. The more disappointed that they now realise he can't take them any further. I don't think they didn't want him to. Because why would you? Why wouldn't you want someone around the place who's easygoing and like a mate, and you get on with? And if you can win trophies with someone like that as a manager, that's the ideal situation. So I don't think it's that the players hate him and want. I don't think any of them really want 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 him to leave. Really, in the heart of hearts, but they know that they're never going to win anything whilst he's there. And players like Ronaldo, Pogba, Bruno Fernandez, Maguire, all of these, of some more decorated than others, but all these senior pros who are getting world class or up near nearly at that level, Varane. Want to win stuff now. Yeah. The only players that can maybe wait around are just Rashford, Sancho, you know, Martial, you know, players like that. Most of this squad is over the age of 25, 26. Mm-hmm. So they're going to want to win things. And I think that they've now realised that they could be just wasting their careers by staying and just keeping Ollie in. Yeah. And kind of, um, I think you touched on it as well, that... If he if he continues, like he will get sacked. It's inevitable. Like like you yeah. said, three weeks time, he's probably going to get sacked after that three weeks if they're giving him three weeks. But if he gets smashed against City, he, he's got to be sacked again. Yeah, like, I think we'll get pummeled. More likely to get bit battered off the pat by City than we were Liverpool. Yeah, they won't stop either. They no, <laughs> they're not going to stop yeah. in five. <laughs> they won't give a shit. Yeah, no. yeah, exactly. Um, but. I think that that good work, the good feeling I have towards him right now, if he got sacked today, is going to probably go out the window if he continues and he leaves this, this season around Christmas time or just before and we have nothing to play for. Yeah, and we have a toxic environment because they're going to fucking hate him at the end of it yeah. and it's back to square one. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Um, and, and touching on the, the games that have happened previously... 
like the Atalanta game and the Villarreal game, uh, the the crowd got got us back in that game as well. You know, yeah. I mean, it's 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 cliche to say that you know the Stratford ends sucked the ball into the net and, and stuff like that, but uh, twelfth man, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the crowd did play a big part in that, especially when you score that first goal. Maybe not before, because I mean, I was at the Villarreal game. I mean, it, I mean, it, the atmosphere proper heated up when we when Teller scored that goal. Yeah. And then and then and then they got the second. I'm sure it was the same with the Atalanta game as well. <laughs> when we got the yeah. first, and then it, it and then the atmosphere really yeah, it's the same as always, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, but we're going away from home. Now against those teams, Villarreal and Atalanta, if that happens, that is likely not not to happen again. The comeback yeah, it's, because it's they, be they, we've got no crowd there. So, um, I genuinely think we'll lose both those games if he's still manager. Yeah, genuinely. we could easily, we could easily. Um, yeah, and because then the teams are not scared of us. Like I say, I mean, t- you know, if you attack Manchester United, you will you will at least score one because we haven't kept a clean. Yeah, you'll season. get you'll get you'll get a chance. Yeah, exactly. Care, even with Iran in there. Yeah, yeah, we haven't kept a clean sheet. Either. Well, we kept one against Wolves, in which we shouldn't have. Like that's no, the it's just it's just baffling though. Like two of the best centre halves in the world, arguably one of the the best fullback at the Euros, yeah. and Wan Bissaka, who's decent, and we can see goals like we're fucking Norwich. Yeah, we conceded more goals than Norwich, bro. I think uh, we've got less clean sheets. I don't know about goals. Yeah, we've got yeah we've got less clean sheets. I think we conceded the 18th from at least in the league behind Norwich and Newcastle. Sorry. And I think we're second for the amount of big chances against us. Yeah, from Manchester United. I think and we're, and we've only played two top six teams. I think we're top of defensive things like, uh, well, defensive mistakes that have led to chances. We're yeah, that's eight and nine. That. Top of the league in yeah. top of the league in, some in tables, something. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, part. so shall we move on to one man that has been uh, heavily in the news, heavily linked? I think he's the only kind of manager that is out of work that has kind of made himself publicly available shall we say we've seen him in interviews yeah, say agree. that he would you know quite like the, quite like the job he doesn't yeah. normally take jobs in the the middle of a season but i think for united he would make an exception uh, yeah. and that is that is conte and give me your thoughts on conte do you think he's a, he would be a good fit for united and you know um, yeah, how do you think he'll do at United? So I, initially, probably two weeks ago when we recorded this, I said no. But I think part of the reason I've come round to the idea is because I'm so desperate for this season, not just to be pissed up the wall like every other season has been for the past 10 fucking years. Um, so do I think he's the ideal man? No. But when, let's be honest, some of these managers have looked ideal and have they worked? No. Yeah. You know, Van Gaal, wanted to play good football, didn't work. Mourinho was a winner, didn't really work. So, Oli's tried to do something completely different, didn't work. So, who's to say this won't? Um, but, yeah, his system, people say it's boring and it's Mourinho-esque. I don't think it is. I think when he was managing Inter and Chelsea, but the seasons when they won the league, they scored the most goals in the league by quite some distance. So, that says it all. At the time, got the most ever Premier League wins in a single season with Chelsea, which was 30. And I think they were on 93 points, which is pretty decent. I mean, if we didn't have the phenomenons of City and and Liverpool, they would have been the best Premier League team ever. Um, so I think with the players that he has at his disposal, it's not ideal, but a couple of signings and it could really, really work. And like at Chelsea, he didn't have the ideal players. He had fucking Victor Moses at right wing back and that worked. So why couldn't we play Delo or Wan-Bissaka there? 
So I think it's all right. I'd rather him than Zidane. I've changed my mind. I've flip-flopped on it. I'd rather Conte than Zidane just because he's got more experience of manager. I know Zidane's only done it at one team where the conditions were perfect and as soon as he weren't and Ronaldo left, it went it went to shit pretty much. Um, I think he won the Liga, so, Liga title a year after Ronaldo Did went. he? Yeah. 18, oh, right. well, never mind. That was going right, to be the well, point no. I was going to make later on. Yeah, yeah fair, fair enough, fair enough. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it did get sour after, like, it did go downhill yeah. pretty quick after that. Um, and he alienated a lot of the players as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's a better option. The only slight concern is his form in Europe, because he's never really done it at Chelsea and Inter and Juventus in Europe, which I'd like us to, but we're not doing anything in Europe now anyway, so it can't possibly be any worse than not getting through the groups. That's a, that's a that's the lowest of the low. I mean, one step further is not getting in the Europa League, and I think I'd actually prefer that. So, yeah, oh, so I'm all for it. What do you think about... It is very interesting that, you know, Conte is really good in the leagues, but in knockout competition, I think the only knockout is one... Well, it is like FA Cup and Chelsea. Yeah, I think he won the Cup in, within Inter as well. Yeah, but I mean, it's yeah. interesting that is to be... Because normally you think you're... You, the league is the the bread and butter and, and shows how good a team is. You can get a bit of luck in, in, in knockout footballing in advance. We've seen England do it in recent years. Yeah. Um, but the league is how good of a team you are. And normally, if you're really good in the league, that transfers over to the cup, but it, not really vice versa. So if you're really good in the cup, it doesn't transfer to the league. So, you know, it has, is interesting that. Do you I suppose, any thoughts yeah. On? Well, I suppose you could throw, <coughs> I mean... <coughs> I know they got to the final last year, but Man City haven't been very good in Europe, have they? Yeah. I know they got to the odd quarters and stuff like that, but I don't think they got past it. Until the season just gone, they didn't even get to a semi-final, I don't think. Yeah. Um. So they're probably the best side we've ever seen in the Premier League, and they couldn't do it in Europe. And if yeah, you look at the great United teams that won the leagues for five years, three, four years on a spin, we only won two Cups in 23, 26 years of Ferguson's time, which... Says it all. I think it just like cup competitions. There's so many caveats to it because it can come down to luck. You know, you could have you could have a player, say Ronaldo or Bruno, got injured in the Premier League. It's only one game he misses. It's fine if you lose that game, you'll make it up. If we had a Champions League final to play, it could all hinge on that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so many little things that can go. Like one goal could not go your way, or a goal could get disallowed that shouldn't, and then that's your whole season in one competition gone. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the Premier League, you've got chances and opportunities to make up for that. I do think the league's harder, but I don't think people say that enough about how hard winning the Champions League is because you need everything to go your way for every knockout game. Yeah. Which Although, is like, what, eight fact, games? I'll touch on Zidane after. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so how do you think the the kind of squad... I mean, because for me, the, there's clear gaps, but I, I'll, I'll let you talk about it uh, first. So how do you think this squad... Uh, the United, current United squad would would kind of line up. Not you don't have to give a lineup, but you know, just say, yeah. um, you know, how does a squad fit Conte's uh, system? Well, I think it it definitely play a variation of a back three slash back five. Which one? If that's a three four three, a three four one two, three five two, we don't know. Um, but it'll definitely play three at the back. So then your centre backs have got to be two of them, got to be Maguire and Varane. Then possibly Lindelof by even Wan-Bissaka if he can fit in there. I think the only glaring issue is the right wing back position because I know the midfield might not be ideal and, you know, Pogba and Fred aren't Kante and Matic in the prime, but 
they could make it work. Whereas Delo is shocking defensively, decent going forward, and Wambisaka is shocking going forward and okay defensively. Um, so I think that'll be a real issue. But like we spoke about before we started recording, he can mould players to play that role. Like he did with Victor Moses, who was a quite orthodox winger for the rest, most of his career, apart from at Chelsea. He made him the best right wing back in the league for a season, which is mental. We've got loads of goals and assists for them. Anyway, they're, they're vital to how the team plays. So I do think it's a very important point that because they provide so much width and built so much build-up play for the team, that if if that player can't handle it, then it might be an issue. But apart from that, I think the midfield will be okay. We still need a decent defensive midfielder, which is the same no matter who comes in. So you can't really say too much about that because it's pointless. Um, and then, yeah, I think I think it'd be okay. Rashford, Sancho on the wing, maybe Bruno, and then Ronaldo Cavani up front. I think it would work. And I've made a point on TikTok that I think Bruno could play that Eden Hazard role pretty well, drifting in from the inside because he drifts around the whole front four anyway when he plays. Let's be honest, sometimes he can play right back and then he could be playing striker. So I think it could work. I mean, by no means is it guaranteed, but I don't think it's as bad as people are making out it's making it out to be. Yeah, I I'd say what I will say is looking at all these uh, you know different managers of kind of like a bit of research for the pod. The amount mm. that you just, you just you just need a DM in all of them, one that you haven't got. So yeah, no but every manager... footballing system you need a defensive yeah, midfielder. Exactly, you just have haven't so... got it, including yeah. the one that we're trying to play now, like the double yeah. pivot in, in midfield. I mean, we need we need a DM there, but we we don't have yeah. one. So, I mean, goes back to the summer, doesn't it? And how poorly the the, the club is is run, yeah, which we, like, you've already touched on. Looking back on it now, it would have been more sensible to sign indeed your Rice and Sancho. Yeah, hundred percent. But I mean, I think most United fans thought that as well at the start. I don't know. I did. I did think with. <coughs> I mean, it's come. You can see it as clear as day this season. The, the Greenwood offers no actual, natural width, and we did need a, a natural right winger or a winger to play there. We tried it with Sanchez. Played him on the right. He was more of a left winger. Mm-hmm. We tried Rashford there. It doesn't really work. So, yeah. yeah. Was, I mean, it yeah. hasn't worked yet, but hopefully it does. But we needed them both. But I think. On the balance of this season, when you've seen it, we've been scoring goals to a decent rate and we're mm-hmm. one of the still highest scoring t- teams in the league. But then we've conceded the 18th most in the league, the, well, the third most in the league. Yeah. Then it's clear where the issues lie, isn't it? So I think in hindsight, yeah. But, but, but last think... season, we, we were also high on the, the goal scoring. I think it was it City that, cons- that scored more than us, and that's, that's about it. We were, Yeah, we I think scoring... for a long period, we were the highest scoring team. Yeah, league, exactly. Until like after Christmas. So, you know, that wasn't the issue. I mean, if you just literally look tunnel vision at the stats yeah it would be clear then we need, that more, we need the yeah. DM more uh, and I yeah. suppose we got Varane to try and bolster that but it obviously isn't enough mm-hmm. yeah so m- moving uh, back to Conte I kind of have a different position to you in that I I can't look past the kind of uh, I can't look past that we have such amazing attacking like youthful wingers and I can't look mm-hmm. past that um, that it just doesn't fit a, a Conte system. Like I understand what you're saying about. I mean, he got Victor Moses playing well at, at, at right wing back, converted him to a, a right wing back. And you know, yeah. after Conte left, Victor Mo- Moses was absolutely you know trash again. It was Victor uh, Moses, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> played for Stoke and Wigan before that. I think, yeah, so. yeah. Um, so maybe he can. I mean. I can I see Sancho being a good right wing back? Can I see Wambasaka turning into a good attacking, uh, attacking wing back? No, I, I really, I just can't see it. No, uh, that is the issue. Yeah, but yeah. it's only one position. 
and also a DM, <coughs> like like we've said, I, I think a DM is crucial. I mean, looking back at it, his teams, he's had, he's had Matic and Kante, which are both amazing defensively. He's had Brozovic for Inter. And you, the, the only team that hasn't got a, just an, an out-and-out DM that you could say that fit this consistent was was uh, when you had Perlo, Pogba, and uh, Vidal is like a... Uh, is the three you did Vidal you would say is the most defensive out of them but yeah Perlo would occupy that kind of CDM position by just sitting just in front of the uh of the defense and picking the ball off the uh, uh off the defense and uh, you know you know spreading it out wide or, or doing what what Perlo does just dictating yeah. the game um so I do think there are some some I've... some glaring holes in 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 how this united team fits a conte system um is, i was gonna say i think it is an interesting point because we need to look into well i, I want to look into how that juventus team worked because on the face of it that is a pretty attacking midfield and obviously it worked for years he started winning Serie A again and won two or three in a row i think there yeah before he left so I would like to see how that worked because potentially could do that with united and we won't be so dependent on playing maybe matic or fred mm-hmm yeah. So obviously, I'm not sure what formation he lined up with, but I think it was a back three purely because he had Barzagli, Benucci, and Chiellini all in the primes, which is insane. Yeah. He, well, he so had he must... uh, Asamoah at left wing back and uh, uh, Lichsteiner at right Stephen wing. Stefan Lichsteiner. Yeah. He was uh, so slow on FIFA, I remember yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So so we played. Yeah. So we played them five. Must have been a five three two then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Te- uh, Tevez. I've got it in front of me. I'm not. I'm not. This is oh, right, okay. top of my head, mate. All right. <laughs> um, I've got Tevez uh, in Lorente up top. Fucking hell! Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. so yeah. Looking at the variations that he has played, he's played like a. Uh, it, yeah. It, it, when we when um, they have the ball, the it, it goes yeah like you say into a, a three five. Uh, no, sorry. It either goes into a. Uh, uh, a three-four-three, three, or it, what he played at Chelsea when he had uh, Alonso, Matic, Kante, and Victor Moses, and then a front three of Hazard, uh, Costa, and Pedro. So that's where yeah. he's done a three-four-three. A, a three. But most of the time at Inter and at Juve, he had a three-five-two. Uh, so with two up top. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of versatility there, but I guess. You could do if you go with a Chelsea way, but um, in play, if you play, uh, yeah, it Chelsea obviously had uh, the the three four three, but he had yeah. both Matic and Kante there. He had two out and out DMs in the middle of the part. We have. I don't think any. Kante's a DM though, is he? No, no. Okay, yeah, he's, he's, he's not a box to box. He's a box to box. Runs everywhere. But yeah, no, yeah, we've not got the ideal squad to do it. But yeah. we're not going to have the ideal squad probably for anyone. Uh, on, Anyone else's plans other than Ollie because that's what the squad's been built around. Yeah, well, I don't think it suits Ollie. I think he needs a no, not really, not really. <laughs> um, and I think with with the point about the football and stuff, I just want to see him win something. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it... like got to that desperate stage with Mourinho again, and it's not the same as Mourinho because he's a manager more in his prime than Mourinho was. Mourinho was finished before he came to United. Conte isn't, so it is different. Mm-hmm. But I just want to see. I don't care. I don't care if we're bastards and win games one nil. Yeah. and win the league by a point or a goal. I really couldn't give a shit. I'm just, we need to get out of this yeah. project and just try and start winning things because it's been too long before we've... It's been so long since we've won a trophy of note, really. Yeah. We haven't won a Premier League or a Champions League in eight years. 
<laughs> no one really cares about FA Cups when after the day is finished, well, do they? League. Who yeah. gives a shit? Yeah, I'm not going to look back on that Europa League two 0 win against Ajax when I'm sixty. Yeah. Nor am I going to look back on that win against Palace in the FA Cup. Mm. It's when we win the Champions League in the yeah. league. So that's what we need to do. But but one last thing on Conte. What we need right now in the short term, <coughs> I think he is absolutely perfect because we've been so shite defensively. He's yeah. literally perfect for the short term. If you could have a man that would come in on like a as like an intern <laughs> and yeah, just well, be but... like, Oh yeah, so uh, for like uh, for, for like four weeks and just be like, oh, okay, uh this is this is how you need to to, to set up the, uh, or do some defensive coaching to, to Maguire mm. M- and just the, the United defence. That would that would be Conte because we've been well, absolutely atrocious. Well, I do think if he did come in and say he did three years or something, and Varane's what thirty, Maguire's thirty, Shaw's twenty eight, Wan Bissaka's twenty five. When the next manager comes in, they will be better for that, and they'll know how to play together. Mm. Whether that's in a back five, a back four, a back three, they will know how to defend and have been coached from a proper manager who can tell them something. Not that yeah. Varane needs it, but I think the other three do because let's be honest, none of them have really worked under a top level manager in their career. And have never worked. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. maybe it would help. And even if it does all go up in shit at the end of it, and we win a Premier League and an FA Cup, I'd take it. Yeah, you can't um, take back the development that you've had under. No, a and it, the, those players will be better for it. Just because it got sacked doesn't mean the players haven't gained something from it. Yeah, yeah. And what? Yeah, you you don't. When you think of players that have developed under Oli, uh, sure, it? but he's going backwards now. Yeah. Um, wan has improved a bit, but I think that's partly because we brought him in when he was like 19, 20 mm-hmm. years old. Um, Bruno Fernandes has been insane, but he bought him, so we don't know if he's actually done anything for him. Rashford, similar numbers in under Mourinho. And it's yeah. hard to gauge with the likes of Rashford and wan and that because they're getting, they've been three years older, so yeah, exactly, yeah. they should be better. But not really. I think Martial's probably got worse, apart from that purple patch. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of the team's pretty much all been changed, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. So you can't really comment on it. So I'd say Shaw. I think he's done well, really well for Luke Shaw. Yeah, Because yeah, he yeah. looked like he was done at this level. And when we brought Tejas in just over a year ago, I didn't know you at the time, but I presume as a United fan like I did, I thought, well, Shaw's fucked now. This is it. Bringing in a top-level left-back who's played in Europe for six or seven years in the Champions League, he's going to show him how it's done and Shaw will be gone in a year. And it completely pushed him on. And obviously, he has taught sure how to do something. Yeah, because I agree. It, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. At least we've got a bit improved Luke Shaw out of these three years. <laughs> if yeah. That's one positive. Um, so yeah. kind of moving on now, and there was a big controversy, kind of, and a big debate <coughs> that sparked because the fans were leaving. Uh, lots of fans left at halftime. Uh, I believe you did as well. Um, you know, I did. So, yeah. but. What give me? Obviously, I know what your thoughts are because you you did it. So um, obviously, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna think that it is fine. But I don't I I don't get it myself. But yeah, give me your thoughts on sort of why you left at halftime, and what do you think about the people criticizing uh, the people that did decide to leave at halftime? Uh, I think if people want to criticize me, that's fair enough. That's your opinion, and you probably. A better fan than me. Um, the twelve-year-old kids in my TikTok comments who've never been to a football game in their life cannot pass judgment on my support. Me supporting my team. As I said, I've I can barely afford it now, and I still go. I've, as soon as I got my first job, I was at United, and I'm not saying I'm a bigger fan or whatever, but 
Like, just because I leave at half-time for one game in eight years of going every week does not make me a glory hunter or a fake fan. And the reason I left was because the players weren't respecting us. They weren't respecting what the manager asked him to do, even though it was the wrong thing. They weren't respecting us. They weren't respecting the badge, if you want to call it that. So why should I show them any respect? Why do they deserve my support at that point? And it's not like it's one bad game in, in, in the whole season. It's been a plethora of bad games over the past two or three months when they showed at times that they could not give a shit. They didn't dig in. They didn't try. They didn't get a goal. They didn't hold back. They didn't not concede anymore. And just sometimes on the pitch, even if Ollie didn't say tighten up, lads, Maguire and Shaw and these leaders in the team and the defence should be saying let's tighten up and not concede anymore. You can communicate amongst yourselves. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to say it's because we clearly weren't going to win the game because I've sat there before and we're clearly not going to win or win or draw a game and not left. It was just the fact that they didn't give anything. It was just so predictable and we knew it was going to happen. And why should I stay there and chant my team on, even though they haven't shown me anything? And the top, the um, TRA section, whatever it stands for, the Red Army section, stayed till the end of the game. Sung, sung to the top of the voices and out some Liverpool fans. But that wasn't because of support for United or the manager. That's because they were embarrassed that they were getting out sung by Liverpool at Old Trafford because of the situation, Yeah, which says it all. So, yeah, I, I, I'd do it again. I'd do it again. Like We were chanting when we went 1-0 down. We were all chanting when we went 2-0 down. We were all chanting when we went 3-0 down and fuck all happened. So what's the point of carrying it on for another 90 minutes? Like I said, if you want to, that's fine. You're a better fan than I'll ever be. But they didn't show anything. Like you can see against Villarreal, we started chanting in the stadium, got up for it, and then he pushed him on and scored another goal. We tried that for 45 minutes against Liverpool and it just got worse and worse. So, yeah, to sum it up, like I said at the start, if they don't respect me, I'm not going to respect them. Yeah. It's the same as it goes in the world. If I don't respect you, you won't respect me. It's just how it is. Yeah. So it's, it's it's on a human level for me. It's not even a footballing level. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And you know, my perspective is it the current at the current stage in kind of Ollie's tenure, it's not turned so toxic that the fans are going to boo him, start chanting Ollie out, all that mm-hmm. kind, all that kind of stuff. It's not that toxic, and hopefully, no, it never yet. gets there. I I actually don't think it it it, it would do. To be honest, I no, think... unless it went on for ridiculously long, and it went on for another year, like yes, this. exactly, yeah. exactly. And because of that, you know, if the fans just sit there in in their seats in the stadium, yeah, you, you can't see their discontent. But if they actually get up and walk out the stadium like that, and I don't think this would have happened, it, it like you say, it it, it two nil down, it three nil down, because there's still a, a glimmer of a chance, even if there's like a, yeah. a one or two percent. Yeah, it, if you three run down, you get one goal, you've got a chance of getting a draw. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when but, it gets to four or five. Yeah, but the fact that the two things, two things to me, like the fact that. Um, the the fans wouldn't wouldn't be chant like Ollie out chance or or anti Ollie chance of any kind, mm. and they they wanted to show their discontent. That is a bigger statement for me than than uh like a, a booze at for half time. Yeah, because it's booze at full time. Because it's, it's a not a regular thing the that happens. Being run. It's yeah. a statement of everything, not exactly, just about the manager. Yeah. And they they, yeah. was, they were impactful. It was going around on on social media that the the images the of uh, the the. The cameras of everyone walking out. I think it was I was waving at them, by the way. I, looked <laughs> up at the, I was walking out and I heard it and I looked up. I was like, "Oh, you're all right." I couldn't <laughs> yeah. see myself on the picture, but yeah, yeah. Might so for there. me, it's completely fine. And for people 
kind of um, judging you for doing that when you have your hard earned money like you pay for that and as you as you say i mean yeah it doesn't matter it regardless if you if you're if you're really you're the richest person ever and it's it's nothing for you it, it the fact that you have the effort to, it, it's your time that is taken at the end of the day that's where you it's choose whole, to spend it's your, your whole, time it's half your weekend exactly yeah people could especially people with a season ticket and there's people that probably have gone there for the first time i doubt that they left but it, no. I doubt that they left. If you're going there for the first time, it's the whole, the event of being in the stadium, seeing the team, the kind of thing. I mean, yeah, see Ronaldo. Yeah, see Ronaldo. Or it, it's the the entire event of it. They're not gonna. But the people that are season ticket holders, they, well, regardless, they they just deserve to, um, you know, have your own opinion whether to whether you sh- you want to leave or not it's it's literally yeah. to the individual and you shouldn't be judged on that the same way as if somebody is you know wants Ollie to stay or wants Ollie to go you can have your your own opinion like it's, mm. people shouldn't judge other people's belief they should just hold their their own belief that's, that's yeah it. i think it's completely depends on the person as well like i've had united fans who were probably in that red army section come at me on twitter on tiktok saying what a fan you are I mean, my response to that depressing situation might be completely different to yours as a person. Yeah, I might just go in my shell a bit and be a bit down and depressed and want to go home and go to bed, whereas you might be like, no, we're going to fight, we're going to stop it. It's just yeah. different people's opinions and how they respond to stuff. That's all it is. Like I said, it was a human thing for me. It wasn't a football thing, because I've sit there and watch United lose over these past seven, eight years fucking loads of times. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me. It was a matter of how it happened and what it, what it said to me and how I felt. And that's why I'm still down about it today because of the manner of it. If we lost 2-1, 2-0, 3-1, 4-2, whatever, fine. But losing 5-0 at home to your biggest rivals in the world in the game that you know means everything to those supporters that are there who are trying to help you and care for you and the club and to put out a performance like that, regardless of the tactics, is fucking dog shit. And it's not on. So, and were you... Were you there for the uh, Spurs when we... I think I was at home, wasn't it? We got... We 3-0. Lost no. Oh, 6 one. No, no, that was behind closed doors, that was. Was it? Oh, yeah. okay. That's probably a good job. <laughs> and I think, yeah, well, and I think the caveat to that one is as well, we went one and look, we only lost that game because Martial was a twat and got himself sent off. Yeah, it was yeah. only 2-1 when Martial got himself sent mm-hmm. off and there were very jammy goals as well. Yeah. So that's why that game went to shit. We, yeah. had, we looked better with 10 men on the pitch than we did with 11 on Sunday. Yeah. It's, it's completely different and... When we lost that game, I can't remember where we were in the table, but I assume we were doing okay because there was no calls to the manager's head. Everyone got on with it, and the next day happened, and it wasn't a massive thing. Even the fact that Jose Mourinho was the manager, which was a mental thinking about it still now. But this isn't an isolated incident anymore. It happens far too often. Mm-hmm. And that's why it means so much more than it has in the past. Yeah. Okay, and we're going to move on to something. A little bit of like a uh, a deck versus dill uh battle here about uh, potential potential managers um mm-hmm. so we've obviously discussed conte already but we're going to to kind of propose our own individual pick for a manager and maybe in the comments on youtube let us know who won uh is it is it me or dill or is it you know this i think we can put a poll up we can put a poll up oh can you do that on, on... i'm sure you can put a poll after up after the video's done you can do it on youtube I think Maybe during not. the video, I don't isn't know. on lives. I'll look in. Do you know what? Whoever uploads a video will put a comment, Deck and Dill, and which one has the most likes. Yeah, Even there you go. Only yeah. one to two, it that's, still counts. That's how we can do it. But, yeah. um, Dill, you can go first to give my give time to compose myself for the big battle. Um, 
But yeah, you can. <laughs> I'm really not that passionate about it, Dan. <laughs> yeah. I'm not arse. You could get fucking a guy in off the street who works at Sainsbury's. I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> but um, my picks, Lewis and Rike. I'll make it short and sweet because I'm, I'm aware we've been rambling on for over an hour now. Yeah. But I'll I'll pimp. I'll just go through bullet points. He's managed a good team. He's managed a big team, a team that's arguably bigger than United. Massive personalities in Messi, Suarez, Neymar, and won everything there. He's managed Spain, who've got an average-looking side on paper. Maybe not average, maybe that's a disservice, but it's by far, it's not in the top five squads in the, in, in the world. And he sets them up so well, plays such a good brand of football, that he can go and beat teams like Italy and compete against the best teams out there like France. And they probably should have won that game in the balance of it. So, yeah, big big. he's a big game manager. He knows how to win things. He's managed big personalities, managed at a big club, plays a good brand of football. So I take him. Ten Hag's similar, but Ten Hag's not manager club or the egos or players of this stature anywhere close to that. You know, his star players do some Tadic, Charles is Ronaldo, so it's completely different. So I think Enrique, for me, it'd be a manager that plays the best football whilst also being a safe bet and not getting a risk in like Potter, who we've seen mentioned, which is mental, by the way. As much as I love Graham Potter, he's not man- ready to manage Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo. He manages Mopay and Welbeck. Yeah, um, that's so Newcastle. Yeah, for... We'll leave that to Newcastle. I think. Yeah, like literally, maybe in in ten years, if he's like a bit older and he's managed um, a Europa League team or a top four team, I, I love the way he plays and he's brilliant and I like him and I respect that he's playing the the things he wants and does the things does stuff his way, but not now. So yeah, Enrique, Enrique for me, then Conte after that. Yeah, and um, I'm gonna go for Zidane, Zizou. Um, so yeah, obviously he has managed uh, Varane and Ronaldo, and not just any Ronaldo, an aging Ronaldo. Much I, I touched on this in the last podcast actually. Uh, much how Ronaldo plays now, um, Zidane has knows how to get the best of Ronaldo, knows how to kind of feed Ronaldo, feed Ronaldo, and you will score goals. If Zidane knows how to do that, he also very different to Oli in the fact that he commands respect. Both for his manner, his and the it's fact so that he boring. Was... It's so boring, deck. It's just a big, bold, boring fucking. <laughs> no, like, I'm trying sorry, to build him up on. here. Sorry, uh, the just... fact that he is the best, uh, one of the best midfield midfielders that has ever been born onto this this planet. Yeah, but I'm just saying. He, I mean, come on, we've got comparing him to Ollie. Ollie sits there. With his legs crossed in his hand on his, I mean, it's the it's the most. I hate to oh, say, right, but I beta. I see. You see, being homophobic now is what you're saying. Yeah. Disgusting. No, it's the most beta energy that. I, <laughs> he's I, I, a beta male. He's a he's a cook, isn't he? He's but, a cook. But, come it? on, Mike Beelan's around shagging his doing that. That's why they're in the club. Fucking Kieran McKenna, Mike, uh, Mike Beal and Michael Carrick all going in on his misses whilst he watches. <laughs> Keys in the bowl. Yeah, yeah go go on, carry on. Uh, <laughs> he's obviously. Uh, I mean, he's he's faced some adversity in the, in that Real Madrid uh, tenure as well. Like um, most people think, everything was rosy. He was given the the best <laughs> job in the world and just continued with it. But no, he actually and uh, like I've, I've already said in the eighteen nineteen season. So um, Ronaldo leaves, Ronaldo mm-hmm. uh, leaves to, to Juve, and in the nineteen twenty season he wins La Liga. So I mean. The the yeah, star true. man Ronaldo leaves and then he wins the the league the year after. Um, uh, he, he obviously he's less of a. I can see the way his system working. He played a a three 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 most of the time in in eighteen nineteen season. Um, Where's the other player? Sorry, 
You only play with nine men. You said uh, three, three, three. Did you mean uh, four? No, three, did you say four, three, three? Oh, I, no, thought I thought you said thought three, four, three, three, three. I might Maybe have done better. Yeah, obviously I meant. Uh, it was that four, good. Three, he only three. needed ten men. That's how good <laughs> yeah. he is. That's what obviously meant four, three, three. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that obviously is a uh, directly relatable to the system that, that we are playing right now, as opposed to Conte, where you're like, I don't, I don't know I how think, it's going to fit. I think Let's Conte's just hope. works more. I think if we're having a debate here, how can we play four, three, three? Who are you putting in that midfield? And are you dropping Bruno? Are you dropping Pogba? You can't play them both. Um, yeah, well, you've got to you've got to make a decision. I don't think that just because you have to, I don't think you have to play Pogba and Bruno all the time. I really, I really don't. I think our, our attacking wide players are more important than um, than playing Pogba and Bruno at the same time. I don't think we should be picking a manager based on whether we can pick Pogba and... No, no, I'm not. It's, no, it's just a point that you made that it sounds like his system fits up United more. And I, I don't think, think it does. Really I mean, does. I think the, the wing-backs are a, a, a huge issue with, with Conte, I think. Um, and... It, yeah. But yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I think... Or you can put... He can also... He's, he's versatile. He doesn't, he doesn't necessarily stick <laughs> to a system. We can play a diamond midfield um, as well. Some of the things that he has he has been put against him is what's labelled it Oli as well. That the fact that he just relies on individual brilliance and uh, but I honestly think that is I think any manager with an assemble, uh, assembly of just uh, Galacticos is gonna is gonna have that labelled against him because yeah. they are individually brilliant players. So yeah, of course that, that that's gonna get labelled at um, uh, any Real Madrid manager. But yeah. again, just kind of summarising everything, um, I think any single manager that we look at, that I have looked at, it all revolves, we need a DM. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's the most important thing. And <laughs> yeah. No matter who we get in, we're going to get one. I mean, Zidane has Casemiro. Like, uh, well, had Casemiro. I mean, unbelievable. And just yeah. an out and out DM. It's needed. If if we could have a prime Matic, if we could roll back the years on Matic, that would be. I know wonderful. it'd be so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that is. So that's that's my my case for Zidane. Um, Fair I enough. would like to see him. Obviously, he is a risk, and I haven't even mentioned that he won three Champions League titles. You know, back to back to back. I mean, that go that goes without saying. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Um. And not only that, I mean, you can normally you can have like a, a good, like we say Conte, we've had a good league manager, hasn't done it in Europe. We've got Zidane there, who's won the league and won the Champions League as well. So he's won, yeah. he's won it in both after Ronaldo has left. The so, only reservation is he's done it at one perfect club for him. Yeah. So, I mean, there are risks, but there's risks with Ten Hag. I mean, Ten Hag, the Ajax is the, the highest level that, that, that he's managed at. Conte, I mean, there's no perfect fit and there's never going to be a, a, a perfect no. manager. But for me, Zidane ticks more boxes. Um, I think yeah. he has this, yeah. But, but I mean, away from the debate, I don't think it's going to happen anyway because it sounds like he doesn't want the job, yeah, which yeah, is I mental. I think the only teams he'd manage are Real Madrid, Juventus and France. I think he wants that French job, to be mm -hmm. honest. Yeah. Which is mental, isn't it? Why would you not? I don't get it. Obviously, he's not that arse about being a manager then. Yeah, Just if he, he only wants a perfect team where the fans like him straight away, it's a bit weird. I think everyone would like him at United. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't speak English either. That's yeah, but that's fine. I think you've had managers in the past that have uh, that have come in, and he, he can learn. I'm I'm sure he's not going to refuse. I mean, Pochettino didn't speak any English, and then your Spurs fans yes, grew true. to love him. 
Um, yeah. Bielsa, everyone, Leeds fans love him. Yeah, oh. that still baffles me to this day. Yeah. He just obviously isn't that bothered, is he? Yeah, like, you yeah. Could. He's been there long enough. Like Aguero as well. He played for City for 10 years and could speak very, very basic English. Which is, <laughs> it's just, I'm not saying you have to... Yeah, you must speak our language or whatever, the Queen's yeah. English, but how is he getting by in normal life? You yeah, can't go yeah. out and buy a coffee or something. Do you know, it's just I don't think you've seen him in Starbucks, though, to do that. No, well, Ronaldo was in Subway the other week, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. so. But do you know what I mean? Just yeah. It's a bit weird living in a country for 10 years and you can't speak the language. Yeah. Like, I feel bad going on holiday to Spain and not being able to speak fluent Spanish. I'm like <laughs> yeah, fucking living there. That's what we know. Cerveja. Cerveja is a beer, isn't it? At least I think it's in Portuguese. I think it translates over. Right, I didn't. I didn't even know that. It's, it's <laughs> for, Spanish for beer, bro. Is beer? <laughs> yeah. To beer, that's Spanish. <laughs> oh, okay, right. So I think that is it for this episode. I think we we covered a lot. Um, yeah, let us know in the comments who who you would want out of Zidane. Maybe Conte. Maybe uh, whoever Dill picked. You don't have to worry about that. Um, and and yeah, let us let us know. You need to email us actually at is it devil in the de- detail podcast at gmail.com So it's devil in the detail pod. So right. we want to do Q and A sections. The TikTok account hasn't taken off yet. I'm sure it will. So we're not getting many in there. But anyone who's listening, if you've got any question at uh, devil in the detail pod at gmail.com throw some questions across and we'll get them in because we want to interact with you guys and make it a bit more of an interactive show and answering your questions and not only what we want to talk about. So yeah, devil in the detail pod at gmail.com. We'll bang it in the description as well. Just so if, in case you're illiterate, you can copy and paste it. Yeah. You're welcome. Perfect. So, I mean, hopefully next time, well, I mean, it, things might have changed by the next time we do a podcast. I mean, Ollie might not be the manager. We might be, be beating against first game, So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's it's all going to be dependent. I think if we lose that game, Ollie, probably probably gone. Yeah, to be honest, we'll be, we'll be back on Sunday for another emergency episode when he gets sacked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we give it Darren Fletcher till the end of this fucking season. Oh, we didn't even touch on Darren Fletcher, by the way, oh, which yeah, is the exact true. same. He we'll, we'll leave it. it now because we've been gone on for long enough. But he's the same thing as yeah, Carrick and McKenna, a guy who's never worked at a football club and he's fucking technical director. Yeah. Just we'll <laughs> leave it. I'll start crying if we carry on. Yeah. Okay, right. So uh, we will see you guys uh, next week. Hopefully, I mean, oh, we still want to win against uh, against Spurs, and hopefully, is, is this is we're just waiting until. Uh, I, yeah, I of course. I still yeah. yeah, I'm still not going to be where I want us to lose. Yeah, it's never going to get that bad. One thing as well before the outro: um, if you're listening on YouTube, go check out the Spotify. We'll link that. If you're listening on Spotify, Devil in the Detail podcast on YouTube, so you can see our beautiful faces in possibly 1080p of my webcam pull through format um, and check out all of our links in the description as well yeah so i think we'll end it there so we'll see you next week guys ciao see you lads